Hi, I'm Dr. Jillian Murphy, a naturopath, healthy-ish lifestyle architect, body joy seeker, and French fry activist. And you're listening to 100% healthy-ish. Here's the thing. As a naturopath and an intuitive eating health at every size health coach, I have seen every angle and end of the health conversation. And after years of clinical and coaching experience, I've developed a framework for feeling good and having fun that I know you're gonna love. To be healthy-ish, we move beyond the boring basics and consider some ish you have never thought of before when it comes to your health. Are you ready? It's gonna be fun. Let's go. Hello and happy new year. Welcome to 2023. My phone is going off because I forgot to hit do not disturb, which feels very on brand for how I feel at the moment. Um, We had a great holiday. I hope you did too. There was lots of ups and downs with the weather and storms and plans, Um, but we had a great holiday. It was so much fun. And then yesterday, I feel like I just got hit with the new year woes. Like it was like the post-holiday hangover. We were all feeling a little sad, a little tired. Um, Our guests left around one on Sunday and on New Year's Day. And then we all just kind of bottomed out, all four of us. (laughs) We were feeling anxious and overwhelmed and exhausted. The kids were asleep by 9.30, which is just unheard of. They've been staying up so late and Jamie and I weren't far behind them. I slept so well, which has been weird. My sleep has been really off just because there's been so much going on, I think, but we plunged yesterday. And I will say, I know that cold plunging is not for everyone, but for insomnia, I have found it is one of the most effective things. Like the night after I plunge, I sleep so deeply and for so long. So we all just kind of crashed last night, but there was a lot of anxiety, a lot of fatigue, a lot of um, like almost like blues and irritability. And just, I, you know, it makes me feel really bad <laughs> to start the new year off like that, to feel so yucky. And yet I think it's just part and parcel with coming down from the holidays. So I'm working very hard to not make it mean anything and to just move on and to really gently move into work this week, to take some time to slowly explore what my intentions are for the new year, what I'm what I'm grateful for, the lessons of 2020, I can't talk, 2022, and what I'm most looking forward to in this new year. And with the motivation, you know, not that I've got to fix myself or that I need all of these external things to make me happy, but more like what are the values that I'm looking to uphold? What am I hoping to accomplish in the world and in my life? Um, There's been a lot of this kind of like anti- New Year's resolution sentiment on Instagram, and I've totally reposted some of it, you know, like I don't need to fix me this year, but I will say I love the energy going into the new year. I think I've always been really honest about that. I think it's just about the motivation you go to it with, you know, like I am really coming into 2023, like I feel pretty good about who I am, you know, and, and this is more about cultivating just a sense of purpose for the new year. And where do I want to, where do I want to put my energy? What do I want to focus on? There have been, um, I'm going to talk about it a little bit in another episode this week, but 
in the past, there have been lots of relationship things that I've been focusing on in my new year. This year, um, I think it's a little bit more about my relationship with money and success and what that means. I'm just saying this now as I'm recording, but I believe that that's what the the focus is going to be a little bit more for me this year. Money and what success means and and what it takes to get there. I think that that's what I'm playing with this year. So again, this isn't about you know losing 20 pounds or fixing myself with 10 new items that I absolutely need or a new diet or whatever. It's just like I am who I am and what am I excited to work on or think about or focus. And so I think today's episode is interestingly going to inspire the same kind of thought process for you. Today I'm bringing on Megan Hamilton, who's a friend. She's also a speaking visibility and confidence coach for women and non-binary people. Uh, She has classical theater training and 25 years of performance, and she's used that to create a step-by-step speaking system that allows people to deliver incredible speeches and presentations, um, but also provides them with a framework to have difficult conversations, set boundaries, build confidence, and increase visibility. She also uses shadow work to help people tune into their intuition and discover the root of like what is making them feel afraid. And so today she's coming on to talk about tarot cards and shadow cards um, and what the work is for all of us in 2023. It's a universal reading, but you're also going to get some instructions on how to find your, um, I just want to make sure I say this correctly because I'm having trouble speaking today, your numerological major arcana card for 2023, which is kind of just like an overarching theme card that you can find for yourself personally for the year. So tune in. This is the tarot forecast for 2023. Um, If you want to come to Instagram at food, freedom, body, love, I'd love to hear just DM me or comment on a, on a post. I'd love to hear what you're thinking about, what your themes are, what you are looking forward to playing with and working on in 2023 with no need to fix yourself or change yourself or be a totally different human. Just what are you looking forward to playing with in this coming year? Come on over and tell me about it. Okay. So for today's mini-sode, I thought it would be really fun because we're just at like the precipice of a new year, the beginning um, actually, because I think this is going to go live like the first Thursday of 2023, I thought it'd be super fun to bring Megan Hamilton on and have her do a tarot reading for us for the new year. Hooray! Yay! But I yeah. haven't, I don't know anything else. So <laughs> I, I sort of like, we really left it at, you're going to do a tarot reading for the upcoming year. And yep. so, and just do what you think is a really good idea. So okay. take it away. Okay. Hello. Um, So what I'm going to do is a universal reading for everyone. And I'm going to use one of the spreads that I do with clients. So it's called past, present, future. And basically we're going to look at where we're coming from collectively, where we're at collectively, and where we're going to. Now, usually between where we're at and where we're going to, there's going to be some kind of challenge that's going to show itself. Mm -hmm. And then we'll look to the fourth card, which is the shadow card. So that's going to be the card that ends up at the bottom of the deck. And that's going to be like, quote unquote, the work. 
So the inner work that we need to do to get from where we're at to where we're going to. Now, sometimes, um, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes it's, it's not always really easy to figure out what, what the messaging is. And sometimes it's super easy. So we'll see what happens. Um, one of the things to keep in mind as well is numerologically, collectively, for the year 2023, the card is the chariot. And we get that from adding two plus zero plus two plus three. So another thing you can do if you have your own deck is figure out your numerological major arcana tarot card for 2023, which is your birth month plus your birth date plus 2023, add them all up, and they will correspond to a number within the major arcana. And that's a fun... And if you end up with like, what if you end up with a number like... 45? Yeah. Then you just add up those two and you get nine. you get nine. Right. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for asking that question. Okay. So I've been shuffling. And so sometimes it's fun to look at the uh, numerological major arcana card for you because that gives like a broad overview of like things to consider, like things to focus on for the year. Could we do mine just like right now, just for the sake of like a a good example. And just give me one sec. I'm going to close my door, but it's like a snow day. Everybody's home and I'm recording this. So just give me one second. So my birth date is um, June 24th. So it's like 0624. Okay. Yep. Okay. So we've got 2023 plus 06, which is 2029 plus... 24 is, I'm doing math as, as Jill is getting up and dealing her thing. I'm doing math. (laughs) Carry the one, two, oh, five, three, which is five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, which is, uh, the wheel, wheel of fortune. So, um, let me just double check that in my, see if I can find it. So, what you want to think about this year is cycles, that everything moves, that there are beginnings, that there are ends, right? So sometimes, so here's the Wheel of Fortune in, I'm showing Jill in my major arcana deck. Actually, something that I learned really, um, <clears throat> that's really cool recently when I was reading an article about um, biblical renditions of angels <laughs> Don't ask me how I got down that rabbit hole. However, the four figures represented in the traditional Rider-Waite-Smith Wheel of Fortune correspond to a biblical representation of a cherubim, which is a kind of angel. So why is that significant? Because we have to think of the spiritual elements that combine to help express what the major theme of the card is. So with the Wheel of Fortune, it's really important to remember when things are not going well, they will go well again. The wheel will turn and fortune will be on your side. And to remember when things are going really, really well, we still have to plan for potential difficulty. We still have to remember that life moves in cycles and uh, that we always have to find the balance. So for you, that's going to be probably some big highs and and possibly some some big lows. And just to remember, when they come, to find the balance in them, and to remember that 
the wheel keeps turning. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. Got it. Yeah. I love that. So that is my, you said major arcana card for numerological major arcana card. Yep. And I, and I stole that from Kate Fowley, who's an amazing um, tarot reader, but she's the one who taught me about um, how to find your own numerological major arcana card for the year. Right. And then the rest of this reading is going to be universal. It is going to apply to just the sort of like the, the collective. Yeah. The collective, the collective for all of us. Yeah. Themes for 2023. So again, remember that <clears throat> we already know. Oh no, I haven't said that. So for 2023, uh, the major arcana card is the chariot. So <clears throat> we want to think about forward momentum that is self-propelled. We want to think about self-determination, self-motivation for entrepreneurs. This is going to be a really big year. There's going to be a lot of energy for us to keep moving forward. Um, and also the limitations that can come from that. So there's only so much we can do. And sometimes things happen and we have to surrender to that. If we push into what we can't control, it's just going to mess with us. And so if you, if anyone's, you know, Googling or or has a a, a Rider Waite Smith deck in front of them, if you look at the chariot, there's the elements of balance with the white and the black sphinx that are in front of the chariot. And there's this idea of this forward momentum. However, we also see the moon epaulets on the charioteer. There's stars all in the veil that's around the charioteer. And there's like uh, stars and the, and the crown. And so we remember that there's celestial elements. There's wherever you sit, in terms of your spirituality, if you have any, there are forces outside of your control that will often conspire to your best interest. And your job is to know what you can do and what you have to surrender to. And similar well, similar things to the Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, I was going to say like the the idea is that it may not be slowing down your momentum. It might be redirecting you, right? It just like, it it interferes with our idea of what our forward momentum should look like. Exactly. And I always like to say that, pardon me, I'm still getting over this cold. The energy that you expend out is always going to come back to you. It might just be in a different shape than you expected, Mm -hmm. right? And going with the flow is man, that is a, that is a big life lesson that can be very hard for some of us. (laughs) Okay. So I'm going to do a last shuffle. You can probably hear that in the background, sort of like ASMR. Come on. Be nicer than this. Here we go. Okay. So I'm going to pick our three cards. And her shadow card. So if you're following along, if you're listening, uh, I'm going to give a picture to Jill that she can probably link somewhere, but also you can just Google uh, Rider Waite Smith and then Google the names of um, each of the cards that I'm going to show. So I'm going to split the deck right now. One, two, three. So where we're coming from five of pentacles. And I'll talk about these in a a deeper sense when we get through all of them. Where we're at, (laughs) nine of pentacles, which is one of my favorite cards. Where we're going to is the seven of cups reversed. And I can talk about uh, 
how to how to read reversals because not everybody does. And our shadow card is the nine of wands. Okay. <clears throat> so where we're coming from, and I'll show Jill, is the five oh, of yes. pentacles. Yeah. So this is often a card associated with a lack mindset of feeling um, like the world's working against you, like you don't have enough. Um, so I'll, I'll sort of give a visual to this card. There are two figures in the card. It's it's a snowstorm. They are um, wearing certainly not winter clothes. One of them looks to be in bare feet. Uh, one of them is injured and is walking with, um, uh, what are those called? Like a cane? Crutches? Crutches. Crutches. Yeah. They don't have hats. <clears throat> There, it's sort of like a little match girl type of scenario. That's what it looks like. And they're walking right underneath what looks to be a church window. And we know that the five pentacles that are sort of glowing with this stained glass window are on um, the tree of life, which comes from a very closed magical practice called the Kabbalah. But so we know that they are walking past what would probably be a warm and safe place for them where they might even be able to get food. So we associate that with being feeling like the world is so against you that you're not able to even see what is available to you, right? A lack mindset. Certainly coming through the last two and a half, we're going to be three years in March, many of us have experienced difficulty, potentially tragedy, um, frustration, maybe lack of what we had had before. So we're all coming through this sort of universal experience. Another twist to this card that I think is, is always interesting is maybe these two people do see this church and maybe that goes against their values. And so they're sticking to what they know is the right thing to do, which is not to accept something from a place that they wouldn't go, to stick to their values and still continue through hardship because it's the right thing to do. So that's another twist to that. So whatever you sort of relate to within that um, framework is the right thing for you. So we're leading into... The we're nine of pentacles. Out of that, right? We're coming yeah, out of we're that. We're coming out of that. Yeah. <clears throat> and where we're at right now is the nine of pentacles. So this is this is a woman who's wearing sort of what we know to be um, robes worn by wealthy people. Um, she has a bird of prey on her gloved hand that's hooded, right? So it's been tamed. Behind is a fence full of grapes that are just bursting. Like this is a ton of abundance. Also, and Jill, you might find this cute. This is one of my favorite parts of the card. And the front is this little snail. Oh, so cute. Yeah. Yeah. Behind her is a, a lavish home. So this is an independently wealthy woman. This is somebody, a self-made person. Now with nines in tarot, we know that we're nearing the completion of something. Tens are an end. Okay. So this is not the card that's the be all and end all, right? And, and pentacles are within the realm of work, money. Um, in some decks, they actually are called coins. 
and she has tamed this sort of wildness and she coexists with it in a way that is supportive for her, i.e. the bird of prey is not attacking her. (laughs) But we also think of freedom when we see birds. So right now we are in a place of of our own making of, you know, many of us are finally feeling settled after what might be a really complicated couple of years and certainly not like totally settled or um, because again, this is the nine, right? There's still something to come and we have to remember that. And sometimes the nine can be the most difficult within the structure because it's the most intense period before something is finally coming to a close. Mm -hmm. So we think about everything that we've done up until now to create this life and remember to celebrate what we have, right? That is for us to do right now. Mm -hmm. Now, what's really interesting um, is that we're going into the seven of cups reversed. So upright, the seven of cups, again, this is the Rider-Waite-Smith deck, is um, seven cups sort of like seeming seemingly in the sky filled with lots of different options, some of which look really great, like jewels or a house. And some of them look maybe a little bit not great, like a snake <laughs> or a ghost or right. the dragon. And these all have deeper representations that we won't get into today. But What's interesting about the card when it's upright is you have this figure, we see them from behind and they look totally overwhelmed, frozen, freaked out by all of the options in front of them and they're in shadow. So it's like being frozen from options. So here's my twist on what what's happening when it's reversed. Reverse, and there's right. so many different ways of reading reversals. Usually, if you're if you're trying to do tarot by yourself, then you just go with what you intuitively feel. But I see us suddenly having options again, and instead of feeling overwhelmed by that, we're feeling the opposite. So we're, we're feeling excited. We have new directions to turn to. And again, this really corresponds with the chariot year, the the year of self-perpetuated momentum, of making choices, of going for it, of leaning into your personal power and using that to create wonderful things in your life. And so choices are coming. And instead of, of feeling overwhelmed or scared or not worthy, it's the opposite. And so what's the work we need to do to get there? That's where we look to the shadow card. And we have the nine of wands. Wands are in the realm of fire, spark, creativity, passion, the good and the bad of that, right? Lots of growth, right? We see all these little sprigs of growth in the wands. But with the nine, you have a wounded figure. Again, you know, we can learn a lot from just taking taking a deeper look. This person has a bandaged head and an arm, so they've been hurt. And they're using a wand to protect them, but they're anticipating difficulty, right? They're looking from the look on their face. You can see that they are looking ahead, expecting to be hurt. So sometimes this can be a 
card to remind you to check into your victim mindset. When things happen to you, how do you respond to them? Do you say, well, of course, like, duh, of course it's going to happen to me. It always happens to me. Are you looking, if good things happen to you, are you looking for the other shoe to drop? Are you looking for the pain that's going to be coming behind it? And when we're doing this shadow work, right, using a shadow card, the most important thing to remember beyond the work is that when we discover a behavior that doesn't feel great to us, we must remind ourselves that it came from a place likely of being hurt where we were trying to protect ourselves. Mm-hmm often from childhood. And then we just, that behavior is, becomes a pattern that we keep going until we're an adult and we go, wait, why am I doing this? <laughs> and then you go, oh, I did this because X happened, but this actually, I don't have to do it this way anymore. I can release that. And so where in your life are you, are you acting like a victim? And, you know, I, I hesitate to use that word because it's so loaded, but not you know, somebody saying in a really crappy way to you, stop playing the victim. Instead, it's where do I feel like a victim and how can I turn this around to just having been somebody in a particular circumstance that was difficult so that you don't see yourself as somebody who had things done to And then you carry that forward as being like part of your personality or part of your life. I don't know if this resonates, but I also like to think about it maybe because I agree with you. I think that word victim can make people feel so Mm -hmm. like, where do you feel like you have no options? Where do you feel like you're stuck? Like you have no agency. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And how can you turn that around? So how can you reframe it? How can you look at it differently? So that's the work to be done in the coming year so that you can go from this feeling of like right now things, you know, according to the card feel pretty good and going forward, there's even better things coming. And how are you going to be able to receive that without feeling like you don't deserve it? essentially or or misinterpreting some of the cycles or the 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 changes in direction as something bad happening to you again yes. oh we're back yes. here yeah you know, yeah, yeah. Like, no, of no, no, course no, no. we are this is yes. my life this yes. this stuff always happens to me yeah exactly <clears throat> so it's really releasing from that and again in a very self-compassionate self-understanding way as you would with a best friend, because there's no point doing shadow work if you're just going to beat yourself up. And I think you said this once, like nobody bullied themselves into like feeling good about their bodies, right? That's it. You can't bully yourself. (laughs) You can't bully yourself into anything. Yeah, exactly. And so the first first key is to really build that self-compassion muscle, but also find a way to expect great things and be able to receive them when they come to you. I love it. That feels good for all of us, doesn't it? We can all use that. That feels like a really good 2023. All right. Thanks for doing this, Megan. You're welcome. I'll I'll share all the ways that people can. Do you want to just say right now how people can find you? And I'll put it in the show notes as well. Yeah, sure. So uh, www.ubuskills.com at ubuskills on Instagram and Twitter. And um, my DMs are always open and I love getting emails. Awesome. Okay. 
Happy 2023. Happy 2023. All right, that's it for me today. As you can see, the episodes were a little bit, we did a mini so today, Tuesday, and then we're going to have a full episode on Thursday about human design. It's so fascinating and such a huge part of the healthy-ish framework that I'm using. So please do tune in. It's going to be really, really fun to talk through that. Make sure to leave a rating and review for this podcast. It makes such a difference when we get rated and reviewed and when we get shared. So if there's one other thing you could do, rate, review, and share this podcast with two or three friends that you know would just love it.